Hello, and welcome to the Small Business Strategy Podcast, a business podcast series where we discuss marketing and branding strategies, challenges, and the power of living your passion as a small business owner. My name is Jacqueline Farkas. I am a marketing and brand consultant and founder of Marketing Service Boutique. My mission is to help service-based business owners understand how to strategically market their business and teach them how to put their branding to work. I'm so excited you're here and I look forward to sharing more content with you in the upcoming episodes. Please welcome my guest, Vanessa. How are you, Vanessa? I'm doing well. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for coming on to the Small Business Strategy Podcast, business podcast to help your business thrive. So I'd love to chat with you today, learn a little bit more about your story, your background, and you know what you do as a professional. Sure. Well, first and foremost, thank you so much for having me on. I'm very honored to be able to be able to speak to your listeners and provide a little bit of insight into my background and where I've been going and how I've been building my business throughout the years. So thank you so much for that. You're very welcome. Yes. So I know you have a fantastic background. I can relate because I actually was previously in the hospitality industry. So I'm very interested to hear a little bit more, you know, where you started and now where you are today. Absolutely. So I did start out on the hospitality industry. I was obsessed with hotels and resorts ever since I first started traveling. And so the first time, so my family did not travel when I was younger, Mm -hmm. we only went to Vegas and grandma's house essentially. And that was pretty much it. And so when I graduated high school, and uh, when I was 17, my mom sent my sister and I and my stepbrother on a trip to Mexico. And that was mm-hmm. the first time I'd ever been to like a proper resort. And I was just blown away. Not only was I blown away by the culture and the vibe and how different everything was and also staying in such a beautiful, beautiful hotel, I was I was like, why don't people do this more often? Like they're just going about their daily lives and they could be doing this. Like I was in my life was instantly uh, transformed. And so from that, I was like, okay, you know, I want to be in the hospitality business. This is what I do. I spent the rest of my college years, you know, formulating a career in hospitality and then I went on, um, I studied abroad a couple times. So I went back to Mexico before I then ended up moving to Spain. Mm. Um, and then I moved to Mexico. So I was like, okay, this is where I want to like focus my career and it's going to be so amazing. And I'm just going to travel and do all these like, you know, resort hopping essentially, Yeah, <laughs> uh, which it didn't necessarily pan out like that, which uh, most times it doesn't. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I finished my undergrad and I went straight to do my graduate program in international business. Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting a opportunity to move to China. Oh, wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So was- were you traveling by yourself at this time? Cause I know, you know, you were in school, but did anybody like a, a friend from college inspire you to go out that way? No, I, so I had, I, I knew that I wanted to do my master's abroad because I had already studied abroad a couple of times. And so I was like, I knew for sure that I wanted to do it abroad somewhere. I just didn't really know where. And I'd kind of had my fill of Latin America for, you know, for the time being. And I was found this program. I said, Oh, China, of course I study business. Everyone needs to know about China. Like I'll just go over there. And 
I thought I would be there for a very short amount of time, about six months. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. No problem. And then I got there and literally two weeks in, I was like, oh my gosh, like people have no idea how awesome it is here. I am going to sink all my eggs in this basket and just continue and build. Yeah. Go through the program, obviously there. Mm-hmm. And then I loved it so much that I ended up staying. So I, was, wow. <laughs> was how a- long did you stay then? Additionally, how long did you stay after that? I ended up actually living there for eight and a half years. Oh, wow. Okay. So pretty, pretty good amount of time. Not the two years, you know, after college and all that stuff, how people settle in. Wow. So did, did any particular event inspire you to stay there other than, you know, going to school, really learning the culture? Was there anything that really stuck out to you that you can remember or even a person that you met a mentor? Yeah, I well, so I did actually. So once I graduated college, I got my dream job, which was working for Marriott. And I was like, Mm. Oh, my gosh, this is gonna be the best. So like, I finally have made it. And here I am with my dream job, like, Oh, my gosh, like crushing it. You know, I was (laughs) so amazing at like my 24 year old self. And then I got into the normal day to day working environment and style. And I hated it. Like I just had all these dreams and thoughts and, you know, wanting to put my brain to work and make it all happen. And then in the construct of a massive global organization, that is not the easiest thing to do. Mm -hmm. So then I discovered that corporate life was not my vibe at all whatsoever. (laughs) There's all these rules you have to follow and you're just a number and it just was not at all what I wanted. And so then I started working for an events agency that put on international sporting events. Okay. And And was this in China or where was this? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that was in China and I was his operations director and essentially helped to put all the structure into the business to be able to help it to grow and scale and hire employees. And so I quickly found myself in a job where I had all the freedom in the world and obviously in air quotes, because of course I didn't have all the freedom because it wasn't my company yet, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I was able to, you know, really put my brain to work to really take everything that I learned from school and implement that, build a team, watch it be successful, put on these massive events, which I learned. And that was the one thing I did take away from working in Marriott that, you know, within the hospitality industry, that that was really what my niche was, was events. And so events within a hotel can be quite boring because it's a meeting and it's set up the same way every single time. Mm -hmm. Obviously each hotel is very different. I was personally working at a business traveler hotel. So it was like, okay, this conference is set up the same exact way every single time. (laughs) This meeting is set up the same way every single time. It was very, very uh, monotonous. And I was like, okay, again, not my style. I'm much more creative than that. And so when I found myself in this new role, it was just exactly where I was supposed to be and where I was supposed to build my professional experience. And it really gave me the fundamentals to be able to scale and then start my own events company, which is what I did four and a half years or so after working for the sports company. So you transitioned into that. Mm -hmm. I did. I did. And so, yeah. So I built a company in China that I ran for about five and a half years and I specialized in corporate events. So Mm -hmm. everything from fashion shows to working for Macy's and doing their big global meetings. I ran a global entrepreneurship competition and that was across nine different countries. And so I got to travel to Europe. I got to work in 
Tokyo and Sydney and Tel Aviv. And I mean, it was super, super, super cool as well as being able to, you know, obviously put boots on the ground in places I had never even been to run an event that I might may or may not be going to. Like it was, it was pretty intense, especially not being able to understand the market. Yeah. You know, I'd never been to Israel at the time. And then I was running an event there with people that I'd never met. And so it was just, it was, it was interesting dynamic. Yeah. Very interesting dynamic, but it was, I mean, it was great. And so Hey there, small business owners. It's Jacqueline Farkas here. Do you love tuning into the Small Business Strategy Podcast? Great news. There are ways you can support our podcast simply by following and subscribing to our podcast and sharing with a small business owner friend. We'd also love to hear from you on what topics resonate with you by leaving a rating or review on how you enjoy our podcast. It does help with our ratings to have that feedback as well. We'd love to hear from you. And also, are you looking to share your story as a small business owner? Apply to be a guest on our podcast. We'd love to hear your story and share it with other small business owners. For all the details, check out our website, marketingserviceboutique.com backslash podcast. See you there. Did you have um, to learn any other languages or did you already know some, you know, languages where you traveled? Sure. Um, so I, after my first kind of dipping the toe in the water mm-hmm. in, in Mexico, I was sold. I mean, hook, line and sinker. That's, <laughs> I was, <laughs> I literally built my entire career around that experience, which was super cool. My mom loves to, <laughs> you know, know that she had a huge had a huge impact on my, on my future, which she of course did. So I, but I do speak Spanish Okay, and I also speak Mandarin as well. Okay. Did you learn any of those, either of those languages while you were in school or on the job, or did you know some previously, like, you know, in younger years or throughout your childhood? um, No. So I was, I definitely had started learning Spanish in high school. Okay you know, as the state requirements yes. like, years, Spanish 101, Spanish 102. And, um, I just, I took to it really naturally, I guess, mm-hmm. because definitely math was not my strong suit. So it had to be one, <laughs> one or the other, <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so I learned Spanish and then I continue, continued on with that. And because I did have the ability to study abroad, it did mm-hmm. it quite good for a long time. Um, when I went to Asia, I spoke zero Chinese. I, Definitely downloaded the trial version of Rosetta Stone and opened it and then said, oh, boom, like close out. Absolutely not. This is impossible. That is crazy. (laughs) And I just assumed I would never speak Chinese. I thought I would only just be there for a couple of months Mm -hmm. and, you know, Mm -hmm. get my China experience, quote unquote, and then, you know, peace out. And uh, I quickly learned that after a couple of weeks of being there, I needed to know it for safety, for convenience, for all the things. And after eight and a half years of being there and conducting business in Chinese and all that, like, you know, did you you have have someone to help you or was it more your work, you know, environment that they were able to provide the resources at the time? Yeah. So, I mean, during school, they gave us like, again, very basic Chinese classes. Mm-hmm. And then I did go to Chinese university as well for a couple semesters. And then I would Chinese classes and tutors would, I would have tutors at my house. I would take classes on the weekends, like all of that, because I mean, it's vital if you're wanting yeah. to 
do business in any other country, like you need to have a basic understanding of the language and, you know, I just, yeah, that's good to know. Right. Because you, like you mentioned earlier, you kind of went into the experience thinking you want to do this, but you didn't really feel aligned with knowing the language a hundred percent. Like you just thought you would kind of go through with the flow and it's good to know that, you know, even though we want a certain outcome, the reality is that, you know, you need to adapt, right. Adapt to this new environment. And how are you going to do that? Well, utilize your resources as best as possible and seek the help if you need with the language. So that's a very important point. I really appreciate you sharing that. So let's get into, you know, your, your expertise. I understand you went to school and you learned a lot of different things, you know, in China and your experiences, but as of now, what are your current expertise? Sure. And so, yeah, so after running a a business in China for, you know, over five years, I, and thank goodness, because God, I mean, who would have known that the world was going to like, you know, explode into such craziness as we saw the last couple of years. And so I, I had just moved back to the US in the in December of 2019. Mm -hmm. And I had the hopes of or I was going to be going all over the world with my business partner and doing the whole digital nomad thing and working from my laptop. And so I literally came home December 2019, dropped my suitcases off, put my dog with my dad (laughs) and then packed new suitcases and I had moved to Bali. And so Mm -hmm. I was going to be doing international events and marketing from Bali and then just working from my laptop. And so six months there and three months in the med and three months in the Caribbean was our plan. And then obviously a couple of months into 2020, the world got shut down and I was on a one-way ticket home (laughs) to Mm -hmm. America, which I had not lived in the U S in almost a decade. And so once I got here, it was definitely a very uh, fish out of water type scenario and uh, a rough landing, so to speak. And I did it. I worked for a, an e-commerce company for a while, again, working for other people, not my thing. I hated it. And so I said, you know what, let me get back into events, even though events were like very, you know, back door, <laughs> like under undercover because they weren't supposed to be going on. Right. But I found one of the wineries that was still hosting like weddings and things. And, mm. and so in middle mid 2020, I started working back in the events industry, worked for one of the wineries in our local area for for about four or five months or so. And again, did not like it. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I need to get back into doing my own thing and running the show how I think is best and, you know, the delivering the value that I want to. And so I started my own events company and yeah, my, my background being mostly in corporate events Mm -hmm. was very, very different from the wedding industry. Although the main fundamentals are still there. So weddings, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's, uh, so it's what's your company name again? So it's called finer weddings and events. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And do you have any, you know, history or story behind the name that you picked out for your company? So I've always really liked the finer things in life. I've always had a very luxurious lifestyle, you know, on social media, when people see my highlight reel, so to speak, people are like, Oh, wow, you get to do such crazy things. I'm like, it's because I work in the hospitality events world. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. so I'm surrounded by nice things all the time. It's not like I work in manufacturing or construction or something like that. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's a very sexy industry already, but I've always really, really enjoyed life and luxury and all those 
very beautiful aspects of the world. And so I was thinking, okay, well, what do I really want to celebrate? What do I really want to have as a vision for my company? And it's about celebrating life's finer moments. Mm-hmm. And so I added an extra R on the end for oh, Okay. Yeah. So that's what the other R is for. I was wondering about that because I know, you know, I could sense from your social media presence, you know, you do like the finer things in life. So I kind of caught on to that quickly, but yeah, it's always interesting and nice to hear because every business owner has a unique story about themselves, but also about their company and how it forms. So I love that. And thank you so much for sharing with us on that. Absolutely. And, you know, we're going to roll into a little bit getting into some of the challenges that you encounter as a small business owner. What are those? If you can name three of them, you know, what would they be? Could you share with our listeners? Absolutely. And so I I think, you know, as a new business owner or restarting your business after COVID or, you know, whatever, all that stuff, because I'd already had a business for Mm -hmm. and ran it successfully for five years. And so I kind of when you had asked the question, I was like, oh man, okay, well, what challenges now? Because of <laughs> yeah, course, currently, exactly. Yeah, you know, and I mean, my background is business. So I under, I mean, I understand all the fundamentals of finance, of branding, of, you know, SEO, like all those things. I understand. I have a very big, good basic understanding of it, but it's really the, like all that kind of stuff can be learned from YouTube, right? The university, mm-hmm. of YouTube. you don't even have to go to college and you can run an incredibly successful business just by Googling, it's quite literally. And so, but, so I really wanted to touch upon the things that uh, myself as a business owner, especially the second time around is that I've been encountering in my day-to-day now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I think probably the first thing is really finding the time to get everything done. I mean, my to-do list is always a million items long. And the next I would say would be promoting yourself. So not just your company, but yourself Mm -hmm. as an individual and why that you specifically are the person that they should hire versus the competition. And then I think the third thing would be focus, like focus in general. Mm -hmm. And as entrepreneurs, I'm sure many have heard, but they have the shiny object syndrome. So, so I think those are probably the the top three that I would yeah out. Um, and then I can expand on those. Too. Yeah, no, I love that. Thank you for sharing. I think these are very relatable challenges for any entrepreneur and small business owner. It's really, you know, time management is huge, right? Some people have great examples of what to follow or tips and tricks. And it really depends on the industry, I feel like, because there can be time management tips that work for somebody and maybe not for you, but it's really about creating your own system and seeing what, how you want to manage your time best to be able to, you know, really adapt and find the time that you want for other things besides work and business. And, you know, because I know as a small business owner myself, things can get so fun, right? It's fun building business. It's fun meeting new people and networking, but that's still business. You know, that's not playing, you know, we're not just out having a good time. There's still business involved to some extent. So I like to separate that a little, but what do you think? What are any, do you have any tips or tricks for time management that you've encountered, you know, recently that you'd like to share? 
Sure. Um, so it's funny because, so for me, I'm totally the opposite. So for me, I, uh, I love to mix the business and pleasure because my passion is my business. My business is my hobby. My, that's my interest. That's so I always say like, when I'm not working, I'm always working. Mm-hmm. Like I'm always, you know, if there's a way that I can marry the two things, then it's, then it's happening for sure. Even when I'm on vacation, like I, I do travel quite often. And so even mm-hmm. when I'm on vacation, I'm still looking at, you know, venues and meeting with people and that kind of stuff. And sent, obviously sending the occasional email when I have to and all that kind it's of stuff. It's tough though, right? Like, don't you find yourself, I mean, I'm similar, but I've found because for me, I have a young son. So it's a little bit harder for me to always do that and always be on because eventually I get kind of the, the family kind of tapping on my shoulder, like, hello. Um, So I feel the, you know, I need to really hone in on setting days, you know, and times for networking and still being present, still, you know, being able to show up in that way, but being able to do it a little bit differently than I used to when I, I didn't have a family, but for sure. Yeah. That's I, just my I, take yeah. on <laughs> Full disclosure. I don't have a family. <laughs> I do have a boyfriend and I definitely, uh, he gets, uh, I mean, I do have a family. I mean, yes. I, just, I just don't have little kids, Yes, but yeah, no, I, I definitely being present is, it can be a challenge, right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for when I'm with my boyfriend, you know, I have to be very cognizant of my time and understanding like, okay, cool. We have, or if we're going to go to lunch this day, then I have to make sure that I'm up early to make sure this happens. So then I can be present at that meeting or, or, or you know, that meet up, whatever it is. Right. So yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a challenge that I, I mean, I struggle with that daily. So yeah. anyone who else is struggling with that. You're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, yeah. I love what I do also. It's just, it is, it has been a transition for me when I first, you know, became a mother to then transitioning, like, okay, I gotta find other ways. Like I can still be, you know, passionate and fulfill my passion, but how can I do that and balance the two? I I really don't believe in balance, but it's hard. I don't know what the other word is, honestly. I'm just life making your, your dream life, right. (laughs) And make it work. So, but yeah, I love that. And the other um, challenge that you had promoting yourself, I love that topic as well. Now, can you describe a little bit more in detail how that's been a challenge for you? You know, before I jump into that one, I will, I will say to the, to the first point for time, finding time to get everything done, the secret sauce has been, especially in the last couple weeks and months as my workload has like quadrupled overnight is hiring out the things that I don't either want to do or don't like to do. And mm-hmm. finding virtual assistance is like the, it's just been a lifesaver. Mm-hmm. So for me, for marketing, for example, I know a ridiculous amount about, about marketing. I mm-hmm. just hate to do it mm-hmm. <laughs> personally, personally, like I will over, I'll set the strategy. I'll oversee the execution. I'll make sure that the people that I'm hiring are on point, all that, that everything is going out on time, da, 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 right. But I, to sit there and write an Instagram post is just something that I despise doing, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's, it's mandatory, right? It's like one of these things that you have to do um, oh, yeah. for specific types of clients and and for your own business, of course. And this kind of goes into the next point with promoting just yourself versus just your company. So I struggle with this all the time, but 
I'm trying to get better, right? Because <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. But I find often that myself, as well as countless other business owners, they just promote their company and their services and what they do. And that's really not why people buy your services. Mm-hmm. They buy your services because of who you are, your values, your level of quality that you bring to the table, all of that. And so I'm getting better at it mm-hmm. slowly. Literally yesterday I had a branding photo shoot. Oh, fun. Yeah. And awesome. so I was like, okay, if I'm going to promote myself more, I need to like, I, <laughs> I need to put my money where my mouth is. Like, let's, you know, do it. Yeah. A proper photo where did shoot. you go? Was it locally? Um, or it, your yeah, local yeah, yeah, it Temecula was. or another city? Yeah, no, it was in Temecula. Yeah, I did it being in the wedding industry. I'm mm-hmm. very fortunate that I have privy to a lot of amazing people around me. Yes. And, um, yeah. And so I had a photographer friend of mine come over and help me and she was just amazing. And like, shout out to Angie, <laughs> Angie from uh, reels of joy. She's amazing. She is, she's just like, girl, you know, be confident. What, what, yes. what do you want people to know about you? And I was like, oh my gosh. Anyways, but so, yes. yeah, so it was really good. Um, fun. Yeah. I'm so excited to see what yes. you guys come up with rolling out shortly with that. We'll see. Yeah. And so it's just going to be featuring you or any, you know, team members or. So just me. So I'm a, I'm a solopreneur and then all of my, my virtual team is virtual, Mm -hmm. right? So I have a virtual team now of five. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. And then of course the team that helps me on site at weddings and stuff. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, yeah, it is, it is a challenge to promote yourself for me. I did it a little bit differently and I actually have always done it differently promoting myself first. Right. And of course being a consultant in that consultant role, you kind of have to do that. It's almost like that standard, um, that you have to show up as yourself to really be trusted, liked, and you know, referred as they say. So I've done a great job from the beginning. And what I did to do that, begin that was really invest in branding photos. Honestly, wasn't a logo, believe it or not, wasn't a website. It was first my branding photos. And ever since the first photo shoot, you know, things have taken off, been really successful. I've made a name for myself and also, you know, been able to really hone in on my value and, you know, my strengths as a consultant marketing and brand consultant and really help business owners do the same and kind of be that mentor figure. So now I'm moving into more mentoring of small business owners and the consultant role, but my company does, you know, different things from the consulting all the way to the design. So that's what I love about what I do is I'm flexible. I even run this podcast show, right? So I'm very multi-talented, but I really love the different aspects of business and to be able to then kind of mesh them together and still have a business. It's really awesome. Absolutely. And I was going to say that flows perfectly into my last uh, (laughs) challenge, which was, um, you know, focus and shiny object syndrome. And so I think as a lot of times as entrepreneurs, it's hard for us to really hone hone in on what our core uh, value proposition is and what we really, really deliver to the clients. And I think it's even more difficult for people like yourself and like me. I mean, we're talented at a lot of different things. And so whether it's marketing, whether it's events, whether it's, you know, sales, whether it's design, whatever for sure. Myself design, it's <laughs> that, that is something I hire out personally, but I think that it's, 
it's very easy in the beginning, in the beginning, especially like when you're first starting out, you're like, oh, maybe I should do this service or that service or whatever. And, and I think in the beginning, there's a healthy amount of time that you really should kind of do it all mm-hmm. so that you can figure out exactly what you don't want to do. Yeah. And a lot of that, you know, whether it's like for, for myself, I'll, as an example, you know, like in the wedding industry, I mean, well, in all business, they say, Oh, like, find who's your client avatar. Who's your client avatar. It's like, Oh my gosh, if I hear that one more time, like who's your client avatar, I swear. But I think you, in the beginning, you kind of do need to do a little bit of everything so you can figure out what you don't like, what your style should focus on. And then you can keep curtailing your brand more and more. You can keep curtailing your marketing more and more design, et cetera, because you don't know what you really want to focus on until you like know what you don't want to focus on. So yeah. it's a kind of a reverse process of elimination. And so for events or for my, whether it's an event client or a wedding client, you know, I, I know in my, my brain and in my, in my mind who I like to focus on, but you know, I need to kind of see what are the, the good, the bad and the ugly of each and then kind yes. of marry those together. And so exactly. yeah, been, that's a good point. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a journey. I've, um, you know, I've had some clients that we instantly vibe like from the second that we talk on the phone till the, you know, to the end of the night. And I'm like, okay, bye. I'll see you next time. You know, like that kind of stuff. And then I have other clients where I literally have taken them on and two seconds later after signing the agreement, I'm like, this is going to be rough. This is, you know, I think we can all relate. Yeah. Sometimes (laughs) it's just maybe taking a little bit extra time and evaluating, you know, after meeting with a prospect, if what are three takeaways from that conversation? Are they the right fit? You know, list the top three reasons. I was given that advice previously from a business coach and I've done that and it's actually worked really well. Um, yeah. having like a, a little checklist for yourself and then being able to decide if that person or prospect is the right fit for you, because it's not always about taking whatever business comes. Right. Absolutely. Um, and I think in, you know, with the post COVID era and stuff, people were so happy to get back into the flow and just be up and working and out and, you know, all that. And yes, I have learned very quickly that it's not just like, oh, sure. Yeah. We'd love to work with you. It's like, okay, well, but is this going to be beneficial for both of us? Cause mm-hmm. you know, it's not the, it's if, when it's not, and when it's draining more energy than it's worth, then you, yeah, at least as service providers, it's a little bit different than when you're selling products. Oh yeah. So, but Great. that brings me into, you know, what business advice could you provide our listeners? If you could just briefly speak about those about. Sure. I, I think probably one of the best pieces of advice, and it's not like, it's not some groundbreaking earth shattering advice, but it's seriously, seriously, the most important thing is your network, the network of people that you have around you like your hype crew, like who is going to get you through those difficult times as a, as an entrepreneur who understands what you're going through. Cause oftentimes it's not your friends and it's not your family who understand like, Oh my gosh, I need to work until midnight tonight because I need to send a proposal and it has to be done or, Oh, I can't go to this event on the weekend birthday party or, you know, whatever, because I've got something that I need to do. And so sometimes it needs to be that that outer circle of your network and the people that you know and trust and understand what you're going through as an entrepreneur to be able to 
be like, it's okay, girl, you'll make it. Like, it's all right. Like, or, or you know, God forbid something happens and there's a, like an issue of, you know, mm-hmm. in my industry, like I say, that a DJ doesn't show up. I better have 10 other DJs on my like fast speed to be like, oh my gosh, help me. I'm in a, in a situation, <laughs> right? You have to have that yeah, backup. 100%. Those people that you can rely on, they trust you, they know you, they can refer you, you can refer them, you know, because also the network needs to be a symbiotic relationship. So it can't just be going one way and you're always like asking, asking, you know, pulling information, pulling information. You have to be giving to your network. You have to be giving them tips, giving them advice, sharing their social media, like hyping them up and like in the comments, all that kind of stuff, showing the love, because if if you are out there and showing the love, like it comes back tenfold for sure. And so that's a strategy that I've used here to uh, start my business up again in a network and environment that I hadn't even lived in, in over 10 years. So oh, I didn't wow. have any, <laughs> I didn't have any business connections when I got back. Yeah, sounds really me. beneficial. I absolutely love that advice. And where can we find you since you're on social media? Are you on LinkedIn, Instagram? What's your, your handle? So I'm literally on all the things and <laughs> my, except for TikTok, I, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> I, you can find me at finer weddings and events and that's F I N E R R weddings and events. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Vanessa. And we'll have everything in the show notes. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. A big part of business growth is taking strategic action and keeping your mindset and vision on track. Strategy is the core foundation of my success recipe and this podcast. This is not your average business podcast. I'm here to build a small business community. My name is Jacqueline Farkas, founder of Marketing Service Boutique. Join us and hit the subscribe button today.